Hello and welcome to the third episode of the High Charisma Low Intelligence Podcast. I'm Daniel. I'm Lewis. And I'm Josh. And today we're joined by two very special guests. We have Eggy and Rin with us, two of our qualified DMs. Eggy, who is the first qualified DM, and Rin, who is our most recent. Um, I've already said it like three times already, but thank you for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you guys here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, your name um, reminds me of a uh, a terrible shitty meme from about five years ago. <laughs> Damn, Daniel! You know? You have no idea. I remind me of that one. Fans. That, that, that thing became a meme overnight and I went into school and that was the first thing somebody said to me on that day and I was like, I hate that meme. Oh. From that day forward, yeah, I'm sorry, I had, I had, sorry I reminded you. Oh, it's okay, I, it's, it's nothing but Nam flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so you guys both have been through that um, DM qualification process, so like, why don't you guys talk about both your uh, like both your experiences and maybe like things you shared or things you guys did differently, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about each of your games. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to go first, Rin? Uh, yeah, I suppose I can go first. I was most recent. Um, yeah, so I have uh, I kind of already had a uh, a, a world prepared, right? Um, where I ha- I had uh, the, the the like floating city where they were at, as well as the like surrounding land. So I was able to give all the players sort of like background about some of the regions and had people pick all their stuff yeah in advance so i had i had known that i had had a yeah i had josh and Sivas on mine uh so they had all their costumes prepared so we had our guests for, uh actually in in the tech setup uh fully put on the makeup which is incredible and then luca came in and also did his which is great i love the costume yeah he had the little cat whiskers and then yeah, um, yeah. hannah had like the robot makeup which i heard she only did like yeah. 20 minutes before yeah, the yeah. no during in the tech rehearsal which is incredible um super quick it's it actually really nice really seeing great. the process of it becoming done because we, me and rin were both sat there when it was happening and i was outstanding by the, ha- yeah. the standard of like how good it was I that's think something uh on the show next week Oh, nice. That's certainly something that I wish um, I could have planned out to an extent, is uh, having, like, your characters kind of pre-planned and whatnot. Um, yeah, You yeah. looked fantastic, by the way, Josh, in your costume. It was yeah, really cool. Yeah, no, you got the Phantom of the Opera mask and everything. <laughs> the, yeah. the mask yeah, and the head. Everybody looked fantastic, even Luca with his uh, cat whiskers. and The way his character acted uh, was <laughs> great. He was just insane. Yeah, he was crazy. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all of his characters, so mm. far. Yeah. The video that he took he does with like, uh, Mr. Scratch yeah, and built TikTok was hilarious. Yeah. He likes to be the source of entropy, yeah, which I mad respect because I am also a source of entropy in the games I play, <laughs> just <laughs> causing as much chaos uh, as possible. Case in point, Jebediah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I play the. Cra- I like to play the crazy. Literally, he became, he became a meme. And yeah, we become the the crazy characters, the like... crazy DM. Yeah, was yeah, that, no, yeah. it's okay. I Jeb- was ready. I was, was he? Was he the guy that talked like very eloquently? Like, Ooh, no, no. Jebediah was from the uh, the Zephyr. Uh, mm. yeah. The one that talked very eloquently was, uh, I believe his name. Yes, his name was Mithratan from whatever his last name. It was the oh, very confusing. It, it, it's so he talked so. Yeah. He talked yeah, so eloquently I, that it was he could not be understood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
No, no, so the whole I, point I, is I, that, I like, got the, I got my point. You got that off Brendan Lee Mulligan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. In in uh in a in mm. Brent, Brendan Lee Mulligan has this thing where like you know because like elves live for like like hundreds of years, so they like once you start living like way beyond everyone else, you just get weird, right? And I had and like one of my places was like had a bunch of druids, and druids also get that high level ability where they they live for like for like ever, right? So it's just yeah. I was just like, oh yeah, this is a place where like everybody lives for a really long time, so everybody gets super weird. <laughs> and so th- that there was just like a bunch of like the the two the two druid guys who were just like super chill all the time, and then the prince who was just like really weird, uh, and then the pixie which mm-hmm. I threw in which I threw in because I was like, all right, we want some chaos people. Yeah, <laughs> just, they were like, oh, my name is. Yeah, yeah, and we are from the we are from the land of Fethrafrun. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? It, it's almost unpronounceable, right? It's it sounds like so... a Welsh town name, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It does a bit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously, you know, um, Lewis, you are part of Aggie's game. So, when the two of you kind of talk about how that game went and you know the shared experience oh, you guys yeah. had, and also like how it was being the first qualified DM and like, oh, so for you, the thing uh, I was like, I felt so much pressure. But that was kind of uh, of my own making, um, partially because, like, uh, I originally messaged Luca. I'm like, hey, man, I heard that you have this, like, interactive thing where we can own stores and stuff in the world. I want to make this, like, thieves guild or, like, this cabal of people. And then I'm like, and I, I love writing, and I would like to help out with any writing around. And I sent him, like, some examples of my work, like, uh, my my um my sheets that i make and like the home brewery with like the for like my special weapons and my world state and my battle maps and luca got like hyped kind of and then he kind of started talking about like being the first qualified dm and i'm like oh i didn't i never expected this to go this far at all um so of course i got super excited um and uh i started planning for it and i said i would accept and i i developed this world state uh, for it for this campaign setting um I, well i already had a world state before that but i developed this new town and this new faction called the chain for it which is supposed to be like this really like kind of gritty like boots on the ground um hard working brotherhood of like a mercenary company yeah so that's kind of like what my experience was so nervous excited very anxious and yeah, no, I, what was the that game, Lewis? I, I completely agree with all of that. Like, I was so nervous beforehand. I was walking around my house just like, going like this for like 10, 20 minutes before the stream. Like, that's oh, fine. I'm going to be fine. Like, to breathe, breathe, Lewis, breathe. Like, proper. Everything worked out great, though. Like, this. Because you, you sent us files, like, a week in advance of, like, yeah. some of the stuff for the backstory of the chain. I must have read that thing, like, nine times. <laughs> Like yeah. top to bottom, that was so like immersive. Like the amount of detail that's put in there. I was like, I'm gonna like the little bits about each character from the chain. I was like, I need to memorize these so that if we bump into them, I know which one we've bumped into. <laughs> exactly. And, uh... um, I there there was like a um a level to it that like you guys were like the the main party. There were four of you. You know, you also got to pick your companion your one companion that's part of your your uh your squadron of the company so i i wanted to do something like you know you're with the chain for like maybe a couple of weeks or something so you would kind of know these people and like they're all kind of like weird in their own ways um 
I wanted to kind of like throw some people for a loop with their names. Because every like the whole thing with everybody in the chain is that they're all given these nicknames. Uh, none of them ever go by their surnames anymore. So that was like part of it. And your character was amazing. I love <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you liked the uh, the immersive bit about like, yeah, no. the detail of the chain. Definitely. And then like when we got closer towards the end, um, admittedly it did go on for quite a while, and my brain oh. did take a little while to recover <laughs> after that. But, I felt uh, terrible. It, it, I think I overprepared to an extent. Um, but uh, like what was his name? Butcher at the end and his uh, friend with the hook hands who terrified me for life. Oh, they're actually <laughs> brothers, by the way. There's uh, oh. the Cleaver, uh, the leader of the faction was Brom Cleaver Butcher. It, like Cleaver as his nickname. And yeah. his brother's name was Bodge, uh, Bodge Hook Butcher. Um, and oh, like God. together they would make Hook and Cleaver, like, uh, crew. Ugh. Very intimidating. Yeah. Very intimidating. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you saw what Grunkle went through, like, uh, <laughs> it was pretty scarring. Oh, this yeah, character certainly has PTSD. Oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Poor um, Peregrine. Well, um, Rain, you brought something kind of new. You brought in the kind of the airship racing, which yeah. was so, which was incredibly entertaining to watch. The music in the right. background, and Josh, you were in that game. So why don't the two of you kind of talk about that shared experience you guys had? Yeah. So how did how did the how did the airship racing mechanics feel to you, Josh? Honestly, I was worried because obviously it's a whole new thing that I hadn't done before, and obviously you had the speed system which you had made yourself. I'm assuming, and yeah. Once yeah. I like, I felt like I had a rocky start with the whole system, but then when we got to like I'd say the third turn on the first lap, I felt like I had become very acquainted with the system, and it worked very well alongside me playing my class during that campaign. Well, one shot, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had I had developed that uh, like as soon as they they had said that the one shots are going to be lower level, like it was going to start off at one, and so I, I thought like. Level one combat's a little weird in D and D. It doesn't always like it's not always interesting or like always fun for some people. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's add a different thing that also allows people to experiment more and do a little bit more like fun stuff around that. Even if you don't have like a bunch of class abilities that do cool things, you can be doing something else that's cool, right? So uh, that's also why I gave everyone the magic initiate feat, um, right? Like it, it makes it gives you a, lot, a little bit more stuff to do, a little bit more variety if you want it. Uh, like you don't have to necessarily use it; you just get some extra stuff to use still uh, and a little bit extra tools early on in the game. I am still upset. The fu- the only ship that we oh, could burn yeah. to the ground using grease and fire uh, firebolt was destroyed at the very start of the race. <laughs> Immediately merged. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, that was to to introduce that uh, the bombs were on all of the ships, and so you guys had gotten yours off, and then you know it first heard explosion. Yeah. Um, also, the, also the sick but, drift that you guys were hitting. Yeah, and then, and then the, the, double not one, the double not one. The double not one. Yeah, sick drift I, into not one, flipping the cup, flipping the whole thing. Yeah. I I was actually like in tears by how much I was laughing at that. Like I was, was in a voice yeah, chat and I was crying. Oh. <laughs> you don't understand. It's like okay, you've got you got advantage on this. I'm like okay, right. Rolls on that one plus yeah. seven. I'm like. <laughs> Oh, at least I've got the backup row. Like, well, the at least you got advantage, one. and then you just rolled another one. <laughs> oh man, oh. yeah, the one in four hundred. You gotta love. You gotta love hitting yep. the one in four hundred every once in a while. Yeah, was, the oh, other man. thing was with that drift. We didn't get because of copyright. We couldn't play the song that I really wanted during that drift. 
Yeah, no, no initial D, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly the though. song I was thinking would fit perfectly for the one shot, unfortunately. Yeah, I had to find some. I had to find some Eurobeat for uh, non-copyright. So, I, yeah. Man, I think the music selection was really great for what it was. Like, yeah, it was uh, no, I, like I think that. it fits so great. perfectly. Yeah. Was that like? Did you source that all yourself and convert it to? No. Uh, so I found I found someone that had um, made a like Eurobeat like mix for like copyright free stuff for people to use on like YouTube videos and stuff. And I nice. used that. I, I like took that. I like I like was like okay yeah sure I'll use that. Uh, which is like yeah if you if you look for copyright free stuff you can find some nice mixes and stuff. You can um, yeah yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just look up copyright free on YouTube, and eventually you'll find stuff that are under like Creative Commons licenses. Uh, oh, for the normal music, I did use Arcane Anthems because that one's licensing as well. So you can like, uh, and it was like free online. So oh yeah, uh, super useful, great person. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend it for like fantasy stuff as well as some of the Roll Twenty music I used as well. Just their basic sort of music that they have in the game uh, that right. they have in their in their loading thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's super super useful for finding music and everything. I've, nice. I've just started using Roll20 because um, I DM a game at home, but obviously due to lockdown, we're thinking about trying to do it online. And I went on to Roll20 for the first time. I was like, there's so much, because I've seen other people use it. And I was like, it looks super, super difficult. But I like I got most of my stuff done in like a day. And I was Roll20 like, I was super kind of like. fantastic. Um, like Roll20 and Foundry are probably like the two things I recommend. On top of that, like, because uh, like Roll20 has, um, has dynamic lighting. So you can kind of like hide stuff behind corners. Like in my game, I use dynamic lighting. You guys weren't able to see the whole dungeon at once. You know, you never know what was waiting for you around the corner or what uh, was lurking in the shadows, you know? Uh, I'm assuming this is from the player perspective because we had the GM perspective of we knew what was going to appear. Yeah, of course, there's the GM perspective, but uh, the player's perspective for dynamic lighting is really, really prime. Yeah, because myself and Josh did a one-shot um, like a while ago, and we had dynamic lighting in our game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which really which really kind of was... You, you just didn't rush around corners. It was like, okay, so who's going first? You're like, well, we don't know yeah. what's around that corner, so I don't know if I want to go. The combination wow, yeah. of dynamic lighting and traps in hallways was... What really oh, it was, it was terrifying. That's so why you got to get that 10-foot um, pole. That's what it's from. Yeah, you got to get that 10-foot <laughs> pole to have your rope just push through, yeah. In, in the last episode, we have a, we had a bunch of people in our chat um, asking for tips on, you know, if they were to DM, do the DM qualifications in the future. And unfortunately, we didn't have any DMs in that episode. But do you guys have any tips for anybody who might be doing it, say, in the weeks to come? I know, I think Scorchy's this Scorchy's week because I'm playing in that weekend, game this yeah. week. Um, yeah, I can actually get the list. Do you guys have up. any tips for... But I won't spoil Yeah, anything. do you guys have any um, tips or, um, you know pointers for anybody who's doing it in the future that maybe you have for them don't be nervous um <laughs> all the people that you're playing with aren't as intimidating as they appear to be um, extremely nervous it worked well for me <laughs> i was very nervous going into mine but i mean we, you have your tech rehearsal right you're going to talk with everyone just make sure you talk with everyone it makes you a lot less nervous if you get to know the people yeah you get you're DMing your tech a little rehearsal bit. and whatnot yeah um yeah it's super um, useful to, come yeah, prepared to of course yeah. Um, yeah. But on top snack. of that, like the improv. I mean, if if you if you want to feel a, a little dangerous, do improv. You know what I mean? 
uh, don't be afraid. Yeah. I love improv stuff. Something something I'd recommend. So come prepared, but also come prepared ready to switch your plan if you have to. Uh, I, yes. I for sure had to do some editing on the fly. <laughs> did not expect fire ship to happen. It happened. Uh, didn't expect that at all. They just fire shipped right into the other guys. And I was like, okay. Um, exactly. But yeah, like be be prepared to have your plans change fast and have like the best thing I can say is anytime you think something's gonna go one way, don't plan for it to go at the exact opposite way. Exactly, um, your yeah, players will always throw you for a loop. Yeah, you yeah, like it's just it's just part of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do improv now. Um, that's what, we're, that's what we're doing right now. We don't have a script written. It's all improv. Yeah, um, that's what podcast okay. is. Now that you yeah. said that, let's go to page three. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I like, oh, I missed oh, the line. Have... Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. guys, come on. Stick to the script here. We have a script. God, sorry. I shouldn't have referenced the script. I'm sorry. Leaving. It's not. Yeah, it wasn't in Just the check my notes. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is blank. Do you guys have any, um... Like, who do you, do you take any inspiration from any DMs? Do you guys have any, like, people that you look up to? Or, you know, whether it be, like, the well-known names or some smaller known names, or maybe somebody that you know locally, you know? Do you guys have any inspirations? Yeah, um, I, for sure, uh, I've been watching a lot of Dimension 20 recently, so Brendan Lee Mulligan is show. pretty pretty big for me, re at least recently. Uh, also, uh, Griffin McElroy, who does uh, Venture Zone. Yes, Venture of Zone course, Griffin McElroy. Um, yeah, I, I tend to go for a little bit more humor, uh, especially in one shots. I think, uh, that's another recommendation I'd have is in one shots, you don't have a lot of time to set players up for like dramatic moments. So comedy can come, can come a lot quicker. Uh, and it kind of diffuses some of that nervousness you have as well. Uh, if you try and just like have funny things happen or like have a character that's funny that like gets people interested, right? Like, um, like, uh, absurdity is always great. Um, no, uh, someone's leg. <laughs> Yeah, so straight up. Subverting, just... subverting people's expectations is also great. I love showing off like this uh, like big intimidating Goliath and he has like a funny voice instead. Yeah, that was kind of how I did my, my Hobgoblin where he was like super intimidating at first and then the guy's like, oh yeah, no, he just always sounds like that. He's actually really nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like having having interesting characters that you sort of play around with i don't like sticking to the like sort of like stereotypes that you have for different like monsters you know it's, yeah. it's always nice to like be like they're not like this right or you can use players views of that to like set up different story moments because people can like will sort of think certain ways about people uh and you can use that to say like no you shouldn't you probably shouldn't have done that right like it, it, set, it sets up some nice mm -hmm. uh storytelling moments mm -hmm. uh a thing is about uh i i for me, for my like style of writing and flavoring stuff, um, I don't really draw any inspiration from any dungeon masters or any big time dungeon masters. Um, I'm partly inspired by Orion in a way because uh, I learned I like me and him have been uh, together, like playing together for probably about uh, six or seven months now, and like. A lot of our stuff, uh, our styles of like doing things differently, have, has kind of rubbed off on each other. So I picked up a lot of good stuff from him. Um, more so, I would say that I get a lot of my inspiration from uh, forms of media that I've played um, or have watched, namely uh, for a, a few things. Uh, Witcher Three, or just the Witcher series in general, is a huge inspiration to my writing. Um, the Dragon Age series, absolutely love the Dragon Age series. 
Dark Souls is another big inspiration. I like this like grim dark type of world. Kind of like Warhammer um, most of the time. As well. Yes, Warhammer is a very great example as well. Um, Darkest Dungeon, also. Um, I can't say a whole lot, but Darkest Dungeon is a huge inspiration to my writing too. So I love I love like grim dark settings. Um, I know, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, this project of yours, Eggy, your uh, your blood classes. Do you want to kind of yeah. give a bit of information about that? Because I know like, that's something that's kind of upcoming for the for the channel and for like the, the Twitch and all that. So do you want to kind of hint a bit, you know, give a bit of a teaser to people, you know? Absol- absolutely. It. Absolutely. Um, I started this project um, and I brought Orion in on it uh, to help along with because he said he was interested. Um, I'm doing these blood-related classes. It's kind of like a, a blood magic-based thing that all classes can tap into. The whole concept behind it is um, everybody would be born with this innate ability to utilize their blood in one way or the other um, because everybody has blood inside of them, obviously, except for Warforged. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 way, the way it works is... We, we, actually, hold on. We just released the Blood Zerker Beta 1.0. And we're going to be playtesting that soon in an upcoming one-shot. We have people playtesting it outside of live streams. But uh, the whole concept of the Blood Zerker is they're this, like, ferocious, like, primal, like, beast of a person. They're really scary. I would, like, you wouldn't want to mess with them. It's just, uh, they'll go to, like, extreme lengths to achieve spilling of blood in battle. Essentially, they're game. no, yeah, absolutely to to the most extreme. Essentially, uh, they're tearing their body apart from the inside uh, to like deal more damage to you. Like they don't care about the the effects. We're doing this for all classes um, right now. We're going to make a blood subclass. We have just uh, moved in. To working on the cleric of the blood domain right now, and uh, if one of I'm those very one of those excited, not called blood for the blood god, I will write. <laughs> it has to blood be blood for the blood, blood god. Warlock. That, that could be for warlock. Yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah, also perhaps. true. That's also true. Yeah. Or paladin. So how yeah. long until the ranger or subclass? <laughs> ranger. Uh, I know you love rangers, don't you, Josh? Oh, yes. um, I mean, I have it on my ranger, notes on my I phone. Knew. If you don't, if if Josh isn't in that game, I think Josh will just quit. I think Josh will just leave the server. Um, the thing is, is that for the for the blood related ranger, we're certainly gonna have to make it something that's not anywhere near blood hunter as it is already. Yeah, um, I think you could actually potentially even run that as like the ranger uses the blood of monsters as like tracking things or like yes, extra. So extra, extra. We're playing around with ideas right now. For the most part, we have names figured out for all of the classes. We're thinking something like blood, uh, blood harvester for ranger, per- like something like along a blood those hound. lines. Bloodhound would be good too. Absolutely. Yeah, not all of them have blood in the name, which is going to be interesting. So I kind of want to switch it up just a little bit. Um, is is that is that first game? Do we have a day for that, or is that still to be confirmed? First game for the Bloodzerker. Yes. That is still yet to be determined. Um, it may ha- either happen this Friday or next Friday. 
So I'm still okay. kind of doing some working on some stuff right now. But that'll I be still... the premiere of the Bloodzerker class. I still need to up the level on my character sheet. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Do you want to hear about the Bard subclass? Um, yes. The Bard subclass? I'm not going to name off all of them right here. But I'll name off a few. Um, oh, for the Bard subclass... We are like are going with something that's a little bit different. They, obviously, they have their schools, right? Um, so we're going to be doing like the school of the Crimson Court. Um, like the death metal. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That actually sounds so, like it might be like vampire related too. Yeah, vampiric related, and it's I'm I'm super excited for the way that the Bard is going to be able to utilize. I'm thinking like uh, they'll be able to make people bleed from their ears and eyes and whatnot. Cool. Yeah, because because they're so bad at singing, they like the they're so bad. That, <laughs> they're so they physically nice sick to yeah. their stomach. Yeah. They're literally it's physically so sick to their stomach from the music that they start puking up blood. <laughs> oh. I'll give you guys a sneak peek at one more name uh, for which class, whatever class you guys want. Uh, I kind um, of want to know how the wizard uh, plays. Wizard. The wizard uh, domain, yeah. Okay, for that we have the placeholder name for Blood Ma uh, Magus or Magus. Um, okay. One of the spellcasting classes, uh, we're thinking about playing around with this idea. Um, let me see, Orion wants me to go ahead and read off the spell stuff and proficiency for clear, so we could show that. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, yeah, Orion's Magus, in the chat. Though, yeah. yeah, Orion's in the chat. For Blood Magus, it's a, really going to be this thing about like, there's going to be, like, tiers of, like, blood magic, we're thinking. Um, kind of, like, low level is, like, blood manipulation. So you can kind of, like, fuck with, like, people's blood if it's, like, if they're wounded or outside their bodies. And then the more advanced form is going to be, like, blood control. And I'm, we're talking, like, puppet strings made out of, like, people's strands of blood and being able to control their actions and everything. Kind of like so. blood bending. So that's, like, the turn. puppet yeah. ability from Bloodhunter. That's what I was kind of yeah. thinking, then. Really, I, yeah. the thing is, I have never le like legitimately looked at Blood Hunter in depth. Yeah, so they, have one, I, they yeah. have one ability where when they drop something to zero hit points, they like puppet it like that. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have a player awesome. in my current one of the players in my current campaign is a Blood Hunter. Um, he's 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 yeah. a he's a deep gnome, so he has like that purpley black skin, but he has a blonde mohawk. Oh no, his name is Cocobeal, and he yeah. like he's insane. He there's one story that I love telling people. So he, they were in the middle of like raiding a camp, and Cocobeal comes stumbling out of the wine house, and I gave him as part of like his homebrew thing a wrist-mounted crossbow. So he saw that one of the guys, his pants were being held up by rope, and he was like, "Oh, I want to shoot that off." And I was like, "Okay, well, it's a very precise shot, so you have to roll pretty high." This guy rolls a natural twenty. Cocobeal shoots the string. The guy's pants drop, and then he ends up falling prone. And the next two rounds, he has this advantage because he's trying to pull his pants up, and he's also incredibly embarrassed. <laughs> so, that's incredible. Yeah, like, it makes I, sense I, I, I that, uh, that. It, it definitely makes uh, sense that Zeronis, um or Puppet Man would definitely be interested in the sound of Blood Puppet. Um, yeah. There is a spell called Puppet too that you could, you might want to use as well as part of oh, the yeah. extended spell list for the cleric. So I have it pulled up for the cleric right now for their spell proficiencies and what kind of like spell list that they get right now. <laughs> Um, these were all very carefully selected for certain schools of magic and kind of like the flavoring of the cleric. 
Um, so we have this like we have this flavor text. Do you guys want to you guys want to hear a reading of the flavor text? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Lay it on me. This uh, is called Blood for Blood. Not Blood for the Blood God, but Blood for Blood. Oh. The clerics of the Blood Domain bow their heads to no one. The gods are not but a sorry excuse to pardon the cruelty of this world. There are no saints among men, and there are few even among the Celestials. No, they don't revere the gods. Instead, they take matters into their own hands. Clerics of the Blood Domain practice a very controversial ancient form of blood magic that has been safeguarded for centuries by the sect. The priests of the Domain wish to show that blood magic in itself is not inherently evil. The way people abuse its potential is the evil part. The way they harness the power of the blood and use it for the better is a testament to their belief that all people are worthy of salvation. And then this uh, next flavor text is called Sanguine Manipulator. The clerics of the Blood Domain use their connection to the blood to help bolster the strength of their allies, oftentimes at a cost to their own vitality. They live by the blood, they die by the blood. To them, it is a worthwhile sacrifice. That is incredible. That is... Wow. For their... I'm, I'm um... about this, this whole series. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to uh, get everything uh, like uh, solidified and finalized. Um, for their extra domain spells, uh, their bonus spells that they get from like the the spell pool. At first level, they get sleep and false life. Makes sense. At third level, they get alter self and rave enfeeblement. Fifth level, they get Vampiric Touch and Aura of Vitality. Yeah. Seventh level, Black Tentacles um, and Negative Energy Flood. Kind of like fucking with people's blood flow. Uh, ninth level, sorry, pardon my language. Uh, ninth level, Reincarnate. Oh, no, you, you, you can curse on the show. You can curse on the yeah, show. Amazing. Right. Okay. Ninth level, uh, Reincarnate and Awaken. Um, those are the, all their bonus spells for their bonus proficiencies and cantrips. Oh, I thought Reincarnate was a seventh level spell. At first level, um, you gain proficiency with calligraphers and painters' supplies. As I'll let you guys you know. figure that one out. Yeah. Um, Blood painting. Yeah. Blood painting. <laughs> you kind of reminds me of Kakuin from JoJo. Just full on Jack the Ripper. And uh, let me see here. You all, uh, they also get to know the Primal Savagery cantrip and the Chill Touch cantrip. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so very, very well flavored uh, for cleric. Kind of like a morally gray um, area for a cleric, because if you saw uh, the 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 text or the flavor text of them, uh, they they don't have a god or like a patron that they really like revere or anything. Their domain is kind of completely of their own making. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and for the first game you have, um, I believe Luca's playing the Bloodzerker. I'm excited to see what kind of race he plays because we have, like, from the past characters, we will have no idea what this Bloodzerker is going to look like. Yeah. He's like, really he, taking he advantage might, of imagine, patches. Imagine, imagine, you know that 
and that bucket character that he made, imagine the bucket was a blood zerker. Oh, no. It's just bucket. a bucket full of blood. It, it, it's, it's a, a bucket, bucket full of blood. Of blood. Um, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I'm kind of nervous to see what Luca does. I wonder if he's going to make it like some sort of like small animal or like an inanimate object come to life. A um, can of energy drink. Like, just, just like a straight up, like a ripoff of Monster or Red Bull. It just comes alive. <laughs> a can of Monster. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, one more thing is that for their Channel Divinity, we're thinking about doing something along the lines of uh, kind of like using, utilizing either Hit Die or this other thing. Um, we kind of are playing around with an idea. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to go ahead and find it in our messages real quick. Because I don't remember it off the top of my head. But it's really really like a cool idea so it's something along the lines of like we might call it blood bond or blood link but what essentially is that you create a bond of blood between you and another creature using your sacred rites as a cleric this automatically links you to their life pool for every melee ranged or uh, spell weapon attack or that would that would hit or damage that creature you instead take the damage upon yourself hmm so they're kind of tapping, so like... Yeah, that's kind of like the reverse of what one of the Blood Hunters things is. Because one of the Blood Hunters things is like, whenever you take damage, they take damage if you link it. So that yeah. way it's it's like the reverse, where when they take damage instead, you take damage. I like that. Uh, we're also like thinking about uh, doing this for cha- like a Channel Divinity, is um, mm-hmm. at higher levels you can target additional creatures. So there could be a point where like you're linked to your entire party, absorbing all of their damage... Um, you have to think about whether or not you'd want to like make that sacrifice. Um, on top of that, levels in barbarian. <laughs> a few other ideas we're knocking around to for the channel divinity is kind of linking everybody's total collective hit points into one large uh, pool of life points that is like sustaining oh. the whole party. Oh wow, hmm. that is that would be interesting. Both- Interesting makes... and incredibly dangerous. Yeah, incredibly well, it's going to be dangerous, but because uh, you're going to have to probably reduce the total the total pool of hit points, right? Like it can't be yeah. all of their hit points combined, right? Because then like wizards can tank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, which is great, but Thank yeah, you, like you, you do run into some problems of of other things. Uh, it does it does hurt if they take spells like re, uh, like uh, invulnerability um, or other things like that, but that's only when you get to like high levels. Yeah, higher yeah. levels for sure. Yeah, which yeah. probably wouldn't even matter at that point. <laughs> well, it, 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 like at that point, form, it, it's right? all yeah. it's all for the flavor. That's yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. the thing I care about the yeah. biggest is that uh, the the flavoring of the mm-hmm. the classes. Of course, utility is important, but uh, yeah. the way they appear, like the blood zerkers, like just imagine this like ferocious, like terrifying person covered in blood. They have a huge grin on their face, and they're loving every second of it. That's why they're able to incite fear into people, and at level 10, they can make that fear like a paralyzing fear. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Can we give him yeah, paralyzed conditions? Yeah. Yeah, we're giving him a look at the power. <laughs> paralyzed, oh. yeah, the paralyzed condition is, is very strong, yeah, because like monks only get like stuns, uh, and paralyzing just like, oof. It's dull. There's definitely it's, some it's, things. We'll yeah. have to see how it goes after the. the yeah. uh, like the playtesting and everything, because mm-hmm. um, I, I do think that the Bloodzerker, he obviously has a lot going for him. You yeah. know what I mean? You you kind of like almost power would stun them with that. Yeah, their level fourteen like is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, 
they get for the blood zerkers uh you are no strange you're no stranger to near-death experiences in fact you live for them while you are at or below half of your maximum hit points you gain the following benefits you gain advantage on attacks versus creatures who are below their maximum hit points you gain a bonus to your initiative rolls equal to twice the number of your hit dice that you are missing um creatures that are creatures that are at or below half of their maximum hit points have disadvantage on attack rolls made against you you have no limit on the number of short rest hit die you can expend on your bloodthirsty feet basically what this is the bloodthirsty feet is you tap into your own short rest hit die you can expend them kind of like spell slots um or like key points to add extra damage to your rolls and we're talking like weapon damage so like an extra 1d12 or you know what i mean um it's usually tapped until you can only uh, use one of these per attack or per action but this overrides it to the point where you could probably expend four short wristed die um in like 4d12 extra damage like that's yes yeah but here's the trade-off here's the trade-off you take that damage upon yourself because the whole concept of the Bloodzerker is that you they're take like half, right? the yeah, it would be raging, yeah. so um it's rounded up as well. But um like you're essentially like ripping your body apart from the inside to just like attack people with like ferocity and like it's kinda like very, that, um... very feral. You know that thing where it's like, you know, we're only using a certain amount of our body strength because if we went all the way, we'd actually be harming ourselves. It's almost like the Bloodzerker is just going beyond. Yeah, you know? they're, that's like, that's totally them. Um, it literally, like, it's in the flavor text. Like, no warrior quite possesses the raw primal ferocity of the Bloodzerker. Uh, am I talking too much about this? Are you guys interested in this? I, I find it quite interesting. Oh, yeah. The more you talk about it, the more it makes me think of like the Red Lantern Corps from <laughs> DC. Comics. Oh my god! Yeah. These yeah. feral beasts, these feral beasts of people strive for nothing but bloodshed, and will go to extreme lengths to achieve the spilling of blood in battle. The Bloodzerkers practice uh, an ancient form of combat that taps into their feral self, unleashing the beast inside. The beast inside hungers for blood; it wants for it, and nothing will stand in its way. Um. Not all who take on this burden survive the bloodshed. And, you know, to die in battle is, like, to be, like, blessed among their ancestors, basically. Uh, It it fully sounds like you've just listed off the intro to becoming a Red Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even... I don't even know... I don't know anything about the Red Lantern, by the way, so... (laughs) I know. That's that's by pure chance, even. The way the primal Zerg are in StarCraft, they basically just fight for the sake of fighting and evolving. Yeah. Anyways, one more thing on the... Uh, one more thing Luca on the topic. playing Mr. Scratches as a Bloodzerker, and then oh, it's, literally yeah. Dax, it's literally Dakstar. <laughs> yeah, Dakstar, yeah. Yeah, so I oh. just want to get to that, Orion. Um, the last feat at level 14 where you gain all those crazy things where you can, like, just be an insane monster. Um, here's the last trade-off for the class as well. If you fall to zero HP while you're raging and you have no short rest hit die left, uh, you die outright. Instant death. No, no death saves. No death saves. Uh, if you're mi- like, okay. if, if you're missing all your short rest hit dice because you like, you were all about like, you know, expending it out to like do like buco damage. Uh, you're also taking that damage upon yourself. You're weakening yourself. Um, so if you if you tap out all of those and you fall to zero HP, you're dead bam Damn. just like that yeah 
So it's it's kind of like you have to be very strategic with the blood zerker. It's the opposite mm -hmm. of the uh, the zealot <laughs> barbarian. Where you don't exactly. die if you hit zero. You you can't die if you hit zero, and then this and you instantly die if you hit zero. We made sure to kind of check all our bases with uh, mm -hmm. with all the other like separate classes, kind of like going off of them. Yeah. What can we do that's unique? I almost wanted to do something like Path of the Cannibal before I even know pa uh, Path of the Cannibal existed. So <laughs> you're you're yeah, I, very you, you, cat you, told about this, yeah, you told us about this before the stream, but your cat is just so adorable, just living in your hood. Chilling in there, just chilling. Just chilling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, just there. Just in. Just that's just. Nice. Actually, um, Rin, what? In terms of D and D, like, what are some of the the cool things that you like? If whether it's a class or whether it's like a feat, like, what are some things about D and D that you find really interesting? Like, what's your favorite? Oh, class? yeah. So, well, so I always end up playing spellcasters. Uh, that's just because I uh, there's so many options. Like, you just have every single option because the spell list is huge. Um, I I like very much identify with wizards, but I have I think I've only played like one wizard. Uh, for the most part, I've played a lot of Sorcerer, because Sorcerers are insane. Metamagic is, is wild. Um, there's some great things you can do with, uh, with like, Twin Spell and Extended Spell. Um, I know a lot of people hate on Counterspell, because they think it's not fun. But I've played Magic, and I've played Hearthstone. And you start to see when Counterspell becomes important. Um, <laughs> I think Counterspell is cool. <laughs> yeah, Counterspell is a super important spell with the Spell Magic. They're both super important spells. Uh, and also, if you're mad about counterspell, you just take counterspell and counterspell the counterspell. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then then we just become counterspell, 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 yeah. counterspell, counterspell. Yeah, I always, I always used to think that counterspell like reversed the effects back onto the caster. So apparently... I actually wanted to do that for the so the wizard at level their level 17 ability. I think is just kind of lame. They just get two level three spells they can cast like once per day. I think wizards should be able to modify one spell to be better at level three. Uh, and so Logical. I wanted to make counterspell mirror spell, where you reflect it back. Uh, yeah. If I ever hit like a, a high level wizard, right, where you, you you like modify a spell so that it's a better version of that spell, or like if you dispel magic something that's high that's like uh, a super high level, you get that spell slot back. Oh, that would be. Or, or cool. you don't get that spell slot back. You get it instantly cast a spell of that level at someone or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be something that'll be like homebrew and you have to talk about before the game. But I think yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's that, that's a lot of actually what fifth what I, what I like about fifth edition. Fifth edition is very much not written uh, <laughs> in in hard rules as written like some of the older editions are. Fourth edition super hard. You can only do the things in fourth edition. Uh, very like much more like what D and D was like focused to be, which is just like straight combat similar. Fifth edition gives you a lot more uh, like modular things, and it, it like gives you like potential rules that you can use to modify a lot of people have some difficulty with this if they like to just run a system uh but fifth edition lets you create and modify a lot more than any of the previous editions do uh and so like creating spells is easier because they're like the templates are there um like all of the things creating magic items is easier um it's 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 a, a lot better for people that like to just make things um, than other things where, like, 4th edition, which is kind of just hard set on being, like, straight up, you use these rules, everyone does the same thing, but slightly different. Yeah, that's what I like about homebrew so much, is, like, it, there's, like, all these, like, you know, it, like, D&D &D is so modular to play around with the rules, or, like, to make, like, certain things unique. Um, 
I just think it's uh, I think homebrew is important. You know what I mean? Because like otherwise, everybody would just be kind of playing. Like some people are so like stuck by the rules, like you know, rules as written, and it, everything is a certain way. It has to be this certain way. But like so many DMs, like the way that they flavor their games with like. Oh, you can use a potion as a bonus action as opposed to it being an action, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and that also allows you for uh, if you're playing a game to modify on the fly, like really quickly, if you need to change rules so that because you realize that some things are unbalanced or like uh, something strange is happening, right? Uh, where like I had to do that in my game for sure. Uh, I don't know if you had to do it, Eggy, but like I had to like I was like, oh, this isn't working. Let me switch that up real quick. Like I, you make rules so that they're modular so that you can change them if they have to if they need things to switch up. Yeah. I I totally did like so much of that. They were supposed yeah. to, they they I had like three more encounters planned that I completely glossed over. I had one more because like skipped. yeah <laughs> that we just had to like you know just like all right we need to speed this up so I I can't make them fight this guy. Now cares. <laughs> but like what are, what are some like was. homebrew things like on the, kind of the the thing of homebrew? Are, are there any rules that you bring in to like every game, or like are there some homebrew rules that you that you like to use? Um, I mean, I, I I occasionally give people like starting feats or like other things. Uh, if pe honestly, if people want to do something cool, I can make I can I'm like yeah, I can make that for you, right? Like if it's not in the rules or if they like if they don't like that, right? I'm like yeah, I can make that for you. Uh, at one point, uh, a couple years ago, somebody was like wanting to play. They were like, oh, I kind of want to play a mystic, and I like looked at the UA mystic, and I was like, this is a mess, and I made my it's, own class for it's it. Crazy. I I, made, I, I, I literally was like, it's, this is wild. I'm just gonna make my own class for this, and I just fully made them a mystic class. Um, nice. And I was like, yeah, because I was like, this is it was so wild. Like it was it was a they 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 tried to make it super different from all of the way that the five E rules work, and it uh, did not unfortunately have enough. Uh, uh, stuff in it to be remade into an actual class they they just have to start over from scratch if they're gonna do it oh yeah there yeah, on I top of so. that yeah there's like a lot of uh i give like my my players like a lot of like crazy and like even sometimes game breaking homebrew items and abilities yeah. um like i write my own magics and stuff like i gave one of my players a ring that lets them cast any cantrip as a bonus action um, and that later evolved on they can cast any spell as a bonus action. Um, and things got spell. super out of control with that. Oh, um, I, there's uh, this weapon that was uh, called Go On, if you want. Yeah, I, I had a, a high a weapon where I, the players were like level three, and I gave them like a weapon that had like a level four, five, and six spell. And the, the, net, the, very, the very next session, they all party wiped, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Because uh, oh suggestion is a unfortunately very hard spell to counter. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Um, I made this one weapon. It's called early retirement. It's this uh, like serrated, like horribly brutal axe. And like I have no idea what the fuck I was thinking when I made it. Like, oh, you like only use this if you're <laughs> feeling lucky. It's a move called amputate. So if you get a successful attack with the weapon. Um, the the creature has to make a con save, right? Totally fine. Um, one second here. Uh, on the con save, if they fail, it applies like 1d8 of bleeding damage for like the next six rounds um, or until they make a save for it to make the bleeding stop. Mm -hmm. Now, I like, there was this next thing. 
where uh, if you get a successful attack, you can automatically roll another die. If you get above a 20, it doesn't have to be in that 20. It goes off of your strength modifier and your proficiency. So it's like rolling another weapon attack. You can just instantly amputate any limb oh, from the creature that you want. it's just a better Vorpal Sword? It's a better Vorpal Sword, basically. Yeah. So it was just yeah. instantly able to amputate, just as it saw fit. And I had this one called, this one sword called Bloodlust, where it like, it's like a possessed sword that like feeds off of your life energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you could like make uh, an action to like stab yourself with it and cover it in bl- blood or whatever. Um, the weapon, the next weapon attack that would strike or hit the enemy, it would deal an instant 100 damage, no saves or anything. What? That's so overpowered. Wild. It's just power word kill. It's it's actually better than power word kill. It it's does better than, than power word kill. Yeah. It just and does like, 100 damage. Like, your power word kill doesn't. So there's no like, saves to it or sword. anything. You just like yeah. Into Rin's game. You could literally half the health of the ship we were on. <laughs> with one yeah. Hit. yeah. <laughs> Although it it doesn't involve like blood or anything, right? So you'd have you'd just be kind of like yeah. bink, and then it just yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the chips had like uh, two hundred health. Yeah. To kind of kind of switch up, I know last week uh, Lewis had a piece of paper with something written down, and <laughs> dying to te- to tell us. Um, but before we get to that, can we just appreciate our amazing new overlay, which mm. was done by our wonderful cleric of Art Xander? I think I love it. I love the little decorations. I think it looks amazing. We're gonna be decorating this with stuff. If he's in so chat, anybody, I'm still waiting for you know, my items. If he's in chat. <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> if you guys have any, if Rin or Eggy, if you guys know, have any items that you'd like to add, you know, all about me down there at the moment. Yeah, you got the I you got absolutely, the I love the potion. The potion is amazing. I I requested yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the potion nice. is my favorite thing. Obviously, there's the batarang and one piece mug. You, you, got, you, got, you got some nice there. vines by you, Eggy. You got some nice vines beside you. I do have some Show nice vines, nature, don't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look how nice these vines are. These vines (laughs) are so great. I love these vines right here. (laughs) So, Lewis, what's this this thing you've had since last week? Um, Well, it's just a a simple little, like, icebreaker sort of thing. And I chose the very common one. If you're stranded on an island, you can have three things with you. What three things do you choose to bring with you to this island? Another oh. island. Three. three. <laughs> I want to bring. I want to bring three more islands with me. Make, make it an one big island. island. A motorboat. A refrigerator. Food. No. <laughs> the lame items. Yeah. Um, right. Let's make it more specific. Three items to help you survive on this island. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm taking an axe. Some like. Um. What is that? The flint. To like start a fire, flint and steel, and, like, steel, yeah. and, steel and maybe like just a good pair of boots. Hmm. <laughs> He's just stood there on the beach, absolutely stark boots, naked, yeah. in a pair of boots. <laughs> I don't want so to stuck in the foot by a rusty nail. That's a very we're, we're, point. we're talking. Uh, right, you could get home alone by this island. That's fair. You could we're talking three things island. to help you survive. Yeah, like yeah. specific. Okay, I know my three right off the bat. I'm pretty sure. I would bring in a box set of the complete Friends series um, on Blu-ray. Friends? 
friends? You choose friends? What about the office? Of friends. all of the shows. You have oh, the I office and you chose friends. Friends get such friends. a bad rap for no you reason. Options. Friends is funny. You okay? have so many options and you chose friends. Look, what am I going to choose? Seinfeld? I love Seinfeld, right? But I mean. <laughs> Anyways, that's my first item. Oh my the complete <laughs> series of Friends on Blu-ray box set. Second item. Um, I didn't think I'd get this far. One second. Second item. <laughs> the Blu-ray player. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the Blu-ray player and then the TV and then you're done. <laughs> that's going to help no me way. survive. He's going to know where to fuck it. Just bring like an iPad or something that has all of that downloaded on it. Like... Does it fit in? Yeah, yeah like, if you look around back of the tree, you actually find an outlet. Out You're gonna right? freak the and then, hell like, out. The battery with it, yeah. Imagine uh. he didn't bring the Blu-ray stuff. He had like he had like you know a sunbed, a sword, and then he just had the box set. But he had nothing yeah, to he play just he just like, reads the blurb on the back of each of them. Yeah, every day. He reads the blurb. All right, second item. A full. Yeah. A full Heath Ledger Joker makeup kit. <laughs> oh, <God>. Okay. <laughs> just in case there's anybody one? else on the island, he's <laughs> terrifying to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. just in case. Um, my... You're gonna talk about how the island is a society. <laughs> That's exactly. What... I'm gonna bring society to the island. That's the thing. Oh, just run around. Just it's yeah. not about the coconuts. It's about society, sending a yeah. message. Um, let me see here. What do I got lying around my room? Okay, um, I don't want to get political here. I don't want to get political here, but I have one more item that I would love to show off. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Go for it. Now, I want to preface this first. This does not align with my political views in any way. (laughs) Or, or my religious views. I simply bought this item because of the absolute absurdity of its existence. Now that I have prefaced this, can I show this? Yes. Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. I am very You're not worried. even ready for this, I swear to God. Okay. Some clue as what it might be. Do you know, do any of you know what this yes. is? Oh, I know, that's a... It's a I know what that is. Yeah. Yes, this is a yarmulke. Oh, yarmulke. This is yarmulke. a white suede leather yarmulke. Do you know what's coming, Rin? Uh-oh. Do you know what's coming on the other side? Uh, what's oh, no. it say? Now the absurd, this, the the the. Before I even show you, the sheer fact that something like this even exists is absurd to me. It is an item I simply had to have. Uh-oh. Remember what I said? Okay, so this. What does that say? It's uh, written in Hebrew. Yeah. This says Trump, Pence. 2020, oh, make America great Why? again. Why would you do that? Why would <laughs> no. you lie? Why in the world would you ever have done that? Because it is such an absurd <sighs> item. I'm, I'm so what? sorry. For why? I oh my god. What is, what is the reason? I had <laughs> to have it. It's so weird. Right? It is really weird, right? Oh, it's, they still it's make incredible. money off of that, too. I'm not even sure. I I got it from a website. I'm not. I don't think any of the proceeds go to them at all. But Good. it's it's just like such. It's such an item. I I collect the weird last stuff. Last thing you bring into the island with you. That's my la- That's the last thing I bring to the island with me. Yes. 
why don't we hear what um, why don't we hear what, what Rin has to you know Rin oh. you have to go soon yeah I have to go now um <laughs> I go fast ah uh portable battery that's solar powered and then an iPad and then like 50 feet of rope rope is incredibly important rope is for everything you use you literally it's the most important tool to ever have you trap you can sit you can sleep in a tree so you don't get eaten uh you do like rope is literally <laughs> the most useful that. thing you'll have now with you the ipad do one of those like ripcord bracelets right now with yeah, the iPad, it, it just has stuff downloaded on it can i ask I'm, what the ipad is it for it's just you have like books and shows and everything downloaded on it so you can just watch stuff so you don't have a connection out here? No, probably not. I would assume you can't because then you could just be like, "Hey, I need help," right? Yeah. But if, <laughs> exactly I say, fifty I feet wouldn't. because that's what you get in D and D, and fifty feet of rope is really all that you need. I wouldn't yeah. even go asking for help. I would order rope off of Amazon. <laughs> get it deliver, deliver it rope to off um... of No, there's no. What the? Then you could just leave the island. <laughs> No, um, no, 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 that's no. the thing. Oh, you're right. Jeff Bezos would allow you to do that. Jeff Bezos would never allow you to use their stuff for free. I that's just, correct. He would just charge you $2 million. I just wasn't in when the delivery guy dropped it off. Anyways, I hope Jeff my... Jeff Bezos hope, would never let anyone have anything for free. That's for sure. I hope my, I hope my Trump pensiomica doesn't uh, offend anybody or anything. I hope it wasn't ter- like a bad thing to show. Yeah. It's, uh, just, it's, it's, it's just going to stick with me for life that they actually decided it was a good thing to make us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Is like I, I don't want to offend anybody or anything. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Rain has to go, unfortunately. Oh, I yeah, I have a meeting. Me. I'm sorry. It's still 2 p.m. for me. The layout uh, is about to absolve. Yes, I, I had yeah. to switch. I switched already so that the layout doesn't get messy and we ah, set up with the cameras. Perfect. Oh, perfect! How, how genius of you, Josh! <laughs> Smart boy. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna, you genius little baby boy. I'm just gonna end boy. this up with the three items I would bring. A hatchet. This book series, and this isn't even the full book series, this is only the main <laughs> section. What uh, book series is that? It's the Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones book collection. Oh, um, of course. Good choice. And I won't need anything to start a fire, but I'm going to bring music with me. I'm going to have an iPod with literally all the songs I listen to on a daily basis it's on got it. Pre- it's got plenty of file stuff just there in his arms. Like, yeah, those books, are... they'll go up a tree. <laughs> but also, I have glasses. Well, I can use those to start a fire. <laughs> my my three things I've got written down my piece of paper for the past week um, <laughs> was a Swiss Army knife, <laughs> like a flint and steel or waterproof matches, one or the other, and yeah. some water purified or desalinating tablets because water is the most important thing. You really oh, got your priorities water, okay. out of and whack, none man. of you none of you thought about anything to do with your water source. You're just well, like, right, I can kill things, talk. I can sleep in a tree. <laughs> Filtration system isn't too friends. hard to build as long as you know what to do. Yeah, yeah. he has friends. I'll, I'll sit there yeah. sipping clean water while you try and drink your friend's box set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I think you got. I think you got your priorities out of whack, Grunkle. The fact that you don't <laughs> even have a series box set of friends on on, on Blu-ray is absurd to me. Or even I was a thinking Trump about putting like a. A no, Trump I was thinking of like some sort full, of uh, fermentation kit so I can make alcohol on the island. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all you need is like the stuff for uh, mead, and you're done. I mean, well, if if the island's got coconuts, I can make rum. You can make Malibu. Very true. <laughs> yeah. All I need I to like do is hope like, some 
<laughs> I'm on an island and I want to make alcohol. You have your priority. You're like, I, I, as long as I have alcohol, I'm okay. Look, yeah. I've got the desalinating tablets. I can get clean water to make good alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got alcohol that'll keep you, that'll keep your thirst down. You know what I mean? Like, uh, very it refreshing alcohol. It, it keeps longer than the water will. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Meanwhile, Eggy has his friends. His I have family. my twelve se- my my twelve season, I think box set of, of friends on DVD. I have my Joker makeup kit and my Trump Pence yarmulke. This is I mean, where we all end up on the same island at just different corners. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh my god, I'm so glad I found you. Like, let's hope we all brought like different things that will survive. <laughs> and then Eggy goes, well, I have friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I got t- friends. He, he, I, he walks over in full Joker makeup with his trumpet camera on, going, "I got friends, guys." You want uh, I got friends on Blu-ray. I love Chandler Bing. He's very funny. <laughs> oh dear! Oh. I was actually watching a blooper video from a friend the other day of um, I, I can never remember the guy um. That plays Chandler's name, Ch- uh, oh. Matthew Perry. That's Matthew it, Matthew Perry. Perry. It's all of the bloopers from like him, like where he just keeps walking in on other characters' scenes and just ruining it, and <laughs> nobody can hold it together because he's just such a joker, and it is hilarious. Like there's the bit where Joey's patting out Monica's like chef's whites because they're on fire, and then Chandler just walks in onto the shot and just starts patting her other breast, and then just turns and looks <laughs> at the camera and goes. <laughs> Could I be any more Chandler? He's fucking hilarious, man. How could you not laugh at that every single time? The thing is, like, I don't hate, I don't hate Friends. I like, I, I've watched Friends many times, but like, out of any show that I would choose to bring with me, Friends would not be that show. Friends so many gets other a, shows. Friends gets a bad rap for like no reason. Um. I, I actually have good, I have fond childhood memories of staying up very late with my brother watching Friends. Um, um, Eggy, do you want to read out Orion's list of his three things he'd bring to the yes. island? Orion has his priorities straight. We, like, me and him would be having a fucking great, a great six days on this island before we die. <laughs> um, he would want to bring the entire dis- discography of Comedy Central specials, but in Polish. Very, very <laughs> prime. Um, nothing to... Uh, an iPad, always at 6% battery life. Which, if you think about it, you wouldn't even need a charger for it, right? Uh, and this last <laughs> item is a kite. Okay, if we're, going down, if we're going down that route, right? So let me tell you what I want to have. I want to have a pair of earphones, wired ones, that you can never untangle. <laughs> I want, I want, I want, I want one. I want like I want a toothbrush that's been that has like just it's been used like, constantly two, for like, twelve two bristles months. left on it. it. It's just all all of the br- bristles are like out at an angle. And then my third one, third, that's three. I'm holding up four <laughs> fingers. My third one will probably, will probably be like a, a left shoe, just at the left just one. The, no just the left one. one. That reminds me of a. Uh, those are all incredible, uh, incredible choices, um, Uncle. That reminds me of uh, this. The, I do this series of, of bridge trolls in my uh, my main campaigns, 
and all the bridge trolls always want something different. Uh, one bridge troll, he wants, like, an intelligent conversation. He's kind of an intelligent troll. Another bridge troll, he wants, um, some, he wants, like, a very big sloppy kiss from one of the party members. <laughs> there was this one bridge troll that they ran into, um, that was acting very aggressively. Um, not, like, typically, like, oh, I'm gonna kill you or anything, but, like, you, you either give me, either all of you give me your left boot, or I will kill you right now. <laughs> um, and they they ended up kind of like dispatching of him. They didn't kill him. They threw him in the river and he was carried downstream. And they went underneath to his hovel to see that there was like 40 like left boots just chilling down there. All of like, di- like varying degrees. Them. Yeah, varying degrees of like um, upkeep and like uh, like fanciness and whatnot. Has made me want to change my three items now. Yeah. Yeah, like what? What are like along the lines of what Eggy said? Like just stuff that you so, just, that may or may not every, have a use. Every Batman film ever, but they're all translated into ancient Aramaic, which none of us know. <laughs> okay. Um, number two, uh, it's like what it looks like a samurai sword when it's in its sheath, but when I pull it out, it's actually just a spork on a really long stick. <laughs> oh my god. Um. And then a net, but it's just one big hole instead of lots of little ones. Basically <laughs> so a hula like, hoop. Basically a hula hoop. <laughs> nice. And George? I, I was thinking, the um, omnidirectional movement <laughs> gear from Attack on Titan, but with zero training with it whatsoever. <laughs> well, okay. You don't have any gas for it either. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> It's very, like it'll have the uh, the hook shoot out, but you won't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two. I. He didn't think this far ahead. I did not think this far ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'm coming up with them. I came up with mine on the fly. <laughs> so uh... did I. The caboose I I... of a decommissioned I I H- train from Germany. Yeah. <laughs> Optimus Prime, but completely like inactive. The crown jewels, except those, they're the fake ones that are in the Tower of London. <laughs> fake crown jewels. <laughs> fake crown jewels. But you think they're real? Yeah. Everybody else knows they're fake. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're. I'm gonna be so rich when I get off this island. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh man, these are so real. Sitting there like Gollum, <laughs> like stay away right. from my crown. <laughs> they very clearly I, have like made in China engraved on the other side. Oh of yeah. Them. I've I've rethought my three items. Um, okay. <laughs> the the front like half items to bring. the front half of a caboose um, of a train from so, uh, Soviet Russia, a, de- a decommissioned <laughs> train from Soviet Russia, um, a thirty-two gigabyte uh, flash drive that has. All of the bootleg Disney um, movies on it. I don't know if you know what ones I'm talking about, but like, there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, a broken chair that does not uh, lean back anymore, and it's missing all of its wheels. I'd be comfortable then. Um, I would want um, a wig to an anime character I don't know the name of. Um, I'd want 
<laughs> I'd want the wheel of a 2006 Nissan Primera. <laughs> and then I would also like um, just uh, just four bin bags. That's four bin bags. Very just, nice. Just, but like, you know, like the way, you know, the way they're in the roll and then when you get to the end, it's like super thin and they're all really scrunched up and they're basically useless. I'd want that. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. Put, put the wig of an anime uh, character you don't know this... the name of. For all the real degenerates out there, the wig for this character. <laughs> what character I don't know is that, that character. It's not anime per se, Ooh. but if you know what that's from, you know what that's from. All right. As fun as this uh, topic is, I'm getting <laughs> a little bored of it. Do you have any other <laughs> questions? Actually, here's here's so. I, to segue into something else, I found this article. I don't know if you guys have known this, but apparently in the 1960s, the Beatles tried to obtain the full rights to the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh my god! I wanted, wanted to make their own. Like John Lennon wanted to play Gollum, Paul McCartney wanted to play Frodo, and they were hoping that Stanley Kubrick would direct it, and they were going to write all the music to it. Um, but J.R.R. Tolkien was like. No, we're not doing this. Oh. Could you imagine the Lord of the Rings, but every character is played by one of the members of the Beatles, and all of the music is music by the Beatles. That would that would be so weird of like a concept. I could never see that working out. Mm. Gandalf. Where are we going? I want to hold your ring. <laughs> Golem. Golem. Smeagol. My precious. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. Fly, you fool. You must cast the ring into the fires of Mordor. They just throw yeah, Ringo in instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they throw in Ringo. <laughs> they just chuck Ringo but in and we'll go, right? We've done the Ringo instead of the ring. What will we do now? <laughs> oh, I'm Frodo Baggins. Oh, bag fuck it. Just, just flick the ring in after it and walk off. <laughs> I, have, oh, I, have un, I have an unpopular opinion about the Beatles. Okay. Go Which ahead. is? Should I say it? I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this. Go ahead. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> they were overrated. <gasps> yeah. I mean, like, kill him. No. <laughs> the music I mean, is good, but like, they're a little overrated. I like. I think like they are an iconic <laughs> band in terms of the, the history of music, but like, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge Beatle fan. Like, oh, I no. wouldn't really listen. But I can appreciate their music. Everybody's gonna hate me now. But uh, no, um, I have I like to share opinions and whatnot. I like their music though, you know. They have good music. Yeah. I just think they got like everybody got like super hyped about them. I think so too. I just Especially because like the fact that Jonas put Mr. Blue Sky walking to Isengard. We're talking about the Beatles. Yeah, no. that's <laughs> ELO. Yeah, yeah. That... <laughs> They do. They do. Yellow submarine as uh, as like the orcs are storming. As, the yeah, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. We go live in the yellow, yellow and then the orcs going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Gimli, Gimli is just John Lennon on his knees with like the fake shoes. <laughs> like Ringo Starr is like Legolas. Imagine one of them trying to play like Gimli. That's like the thing I, I is most interesting to me. Yeah. Like, who, who knows? Maybe they would have done like a crazy awesome uh, version of Lord of the Rings. Who knows? You know, yeah, like like we'll never know. Like uh, the only reason why it came up is because like um, the, the basically like there's like a documentary that um, is telling like the life and like a little behind the scenes of like in the recording sessions that's being directed by Peter Jackson. That's so cool. you know that connection is still there. You know, a few years later, you know they were hoping to have a, their own Lord of the Rings film, but now a film by them is being directed by the guy who every directed time, Lord of the Rings. Every time they w- looked at the, the Red Eye of Sauron, they could have had Here Comes the Sun playing. <laughs> Here comes Sauron. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Here comes Sauron and oh. nothing. Oh, dear. No. Um, let me see here. Let's not forget the there fact that we have borderline copyright. No, no, it's all parody. Parody. The, 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 yeah, no, it's all parody. Exactly. Like the algorithm <laughs> isn't gonna pick up the sound profile. No. You know what I mean? Unless we are very good. Everybody, I'm three ready. One. We're gonna sell. <laughs> no, no. We're, 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 we're practicing for weeks. So you don't know. We're, 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 we're aqua, this is our acapella band debut. Um, <laughs> we're all going to sing "Yellow Submarine." Ready? One, two, three. We We are very decent. So decent. Anyways, I think we're ready to make it Melody. to the big leagues. <laughs> Honestly, somebody show us the papers and we'll sign on to your label. You know, the only thing yes. we require is all the things that we said we're bringing to the island. If you can provide us with all of those, <laughs> we'll sign. We'll sign on that dotted line. We're going to we're going to do our audio recording on an island in the middle of the ocean, the most soundproof area ever. <laughs> oh yeah, apart from the birds and the and the wind and the waves. <laughs> but you know those those can be fixed in post, I'm sure. And the island savages, I never told you about their cannibals, by the way. No, we're going oh, to set the island. Me, okay. that, that literally reminds me of my favorite book in existence. Is the uh, oh man, what's it called? He gets lost on an island. Um, he's the only survivor of. He's the only. All of his travels. I, I haven't read it in a while. He is the only survivor. It, it takes place in like uh, colonial times. He is the only survivor of his shipwrecked uh, like crew, um, and he uh, he gets stranded on this island alone, and he kind of like makes it the, uh, these like houses for himself. And he gets really good at crafting stuff and like making food and preserving things until one day he he goes on for like eighteen years like this in complete solitude, nobody else. He trains a bird to talk until one day he finds the imprint of the a foot in the sand that does not match the size of his foot. It is much larger, and then he starts like fucking freaking out if that was me in that situation, I would. I'd probably just shit myself there and then. I'd be like, there's somebody else in this I remember, island. I remember what it's called. It's the story uh, It's the story of Robinson Crusoe. 
That's it, uh, Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, it's it, like they my made brain, a movie like I know this. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I won't spoil it for anybody, but it's a really good read. It's like I've read it like three or four times. It's like my favorite book. Might have to have that to my well, list um, of things to read. But on similar tangent of like books with the adventurers and that being stranded and whatnot, Gulliver's Travels, which starring Jack written... Black. I'm sorry, go yeah. on. <laughs> the original book. Who um. Fun fact, my, my best friend, who um, Dan has actually met, I believe now, over a video call, um, he, um, you know what we call him, his nickname is Swifty. Swifty. I totally know that, yeah. Uh, yeah. The author of the, no, I was more saying to Dan, but. <laughs> I know, I'm just going the, go the author of Gulliver's Travels is one Jonathan Swift, who is directly related to my best friend. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to work for my best friend's uncle, and he actually had the uh, family tree framed, and he brought it into the kitchen one day and showed showed it off that he has a, a direct relation to Jonathan Swift. Is it like, like Dad. Grand, Is it like grandfather? Is it like distant <laughs> uncle? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. It was a while ago when I worked there, but wow. uh, I, I always remembered my best friend mentioning it to me before, and then when his uncle pulled it out and uh, showed it to me, I was like, holy. Well, yeah, okay then. <laughs> That's awesome, man. What that reminds me, like, what is the most famous person that you guys have ever met? George W. <laughs> Bush. Don't get him started oh, on this. You were you're asking us questions. I wasn't. I wasn't. You met George you're W. Bush. Yes. I was held by George, I was held by George w. w. Bush when I was a baby. He's got that's way better than I have, trust me. Where do I start? Where do I start? But that's George W. Bush. A war criminal? Yeah, I George know. George W. Still. So, well, I used to work in a fish and chip shop in the town over. David Williams came in and ate there. Uh, Stephen Hawking's drank at the pub that I work in currently. Um, there, I met Steve Coogan when he came to my town to film for Alpha Papa. Um, I met Hannah Spirit at Comic Con. I bumped into Stuggy from Stuggy Vines at Comic Con just randomly while walking around, because uh, he was looking for his friend Leslie Way, who I'd bumped into about 20 minutes beforehand, <laughs> and ended up chatting with him for quite a while. Tomska, met him at Con. Oh, nice. That's the only name uh, I recognize so far. This, I'm trying to think. This, I almost got run over by Johnny Depp in my own town. Whoa! No way. Was was he like a dick or like? <laughs> No, it was uh, me and my best be friend. Who, me and my best friend were just on our way to the skate park, and we were taking the cut across the road at the roundabout. And um, he uh, didn't see him coming at first, and uh, yeah, he very nearly ran both me and my best friend. Like we were, our feet were probably like three inches, four inches away from going under his tire. And it wasn't until that moment where he like stopped just past us that we realised it was Johnny Depp sitting in the car, and we were just frozen. Not because we almost got run over, but the fact that Johnny Depp almost killed us. <laughs> Man, imagine that, dude. That would make massive headlines like Johnny Depp runs over two. Two local boys on their way to the skate park. Oh, Ran over by peg. Tim Burton. He lives, uh... he lives in the nearest city. Uh, or he's got a house in the nearest city to where I live. Because that's why he was around here. He was looking. He was house hunting for somewhere around in the Norfolk area. Nice. The, the most was. famous person I've met is um, Andrew Scott from Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, 
Because we we uh, we did a well when I say we did a movie together, I wasn't in none of his scenes, but I'm in a movie that he's in, um, and who else? Uh, I don't think there's anybody. I I met um, oh he's in he's in Game of Thrones. What's his name? I can't remember what his well, character. Okay, what's his char- oh, character? Explain his character. Oh, oh hold on. I'll, you guys keep talking. I'll look. Hey, at the movie uh, expl- and I'll, explain. Explain. You, you literally have a Game of Thrones nut in this school. Just describe Explain the character. Explain what the character looks like. Hold, he's he's oh oh it's um, Michael Michael Hatton. He plays um, what, what's what's his character's name? Game of Explain Thrones. The character. Uh, I I haven't really watched. I I'm not a massive Game of Thrones fan myself, <laughs> so like, I don't know the characters super well. Um, but if I go on. Oh okay yeah he plays um he plays Bruce Bolton. Yes, that's it, Roose Bolton. Yes. I met him. We I see the picture together. of him, that's what I need. Okay. Oh, um, I see. Roose Bolton was a, he was an interesting character. Uh, I met yeah. Delia Smith yeah. as well. well uh, <laughs> that's I think, awesome. To be fair, a lot of the uh, <laughs> filming for Game of Thrones was set in Ireland, Northern Ireland, and Iceland. I've also met uh, Mo Dunford from, um, from uh, Vikings. Nice. Um, I think so. A lot, a lot of the people that I've met have all are all like Irish stars, so like it wouldn't be like really like well known household names. Oh, but uh, uh, Liam Neeson. This would mean nothing to. <laughs> this would probably mean nothing to Eggy, but to you two, you know, only fools and horses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know Trigger. Yeah. He lives. He lives in my county. Like he used to gym with one of my friends from high school's dad. So I've met I've met him a couple times. <laughs> who who, who do you know? Who have you met? Um, my biggest one is I I haven't met like a celebrity celebrity, which would have uh, which would have been really awesome. Um, I've met like internet famous people. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Auntie Donna at all. Yes, I love Auntie I love Donna. Them. I love Auntie They're Donna so, so funny. Much. Oh my I god! I fucking love Auntie Donna so They're much, so dude. Hilarious. I got to my meet all three video. of them. Nice. I'm so jealous. I'm, my, favorite, my favorite video of them is Pud. Pud. Oh, Christmas Pud. <laughs> Christmas Pud. Oh, it's always been a reaper that way to Pud. Oh, I suppose I've got a little bit of room for food always. What, what about if there's some custard? Or, uh, it's like, about custard. hey, <laughs> stop, stop being a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you that. guys watched uh, Annie Donna's Big Old House of Fun on drum. Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's really it's good. So good. I love it. It's Everything's really good. I said, did you know okay. this pot is a drum? I said, did you know this pot is a drum? What the hell, broken? You told yeah. me everything was a drum. Excuse me, sir. Did you know my cock is a drum? <laughs> <laughs> or um, oh, in the live was like, I'm a bigger pizza man. Welcome to my pizza. His shop. pizza skit. My my favorite uh, skits by them. Um, like looking back, there there are two that I really like. There's one from one of their live shows where it's a loose rope walk, uh, as a as opposed to a tightrope walk. So they they get this <laughs> rope really taut and tight that spans over the 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 crowd, and then like they're amping up like Mark Bonanno is about to walk across the rope, like uh, and then they like last second they like let it down so it just kind of drapes over the audience and like he just 
It's like him, like, ten minutes of him, like, climbing over the audience members, like, all awkwardly. I love, yeah. I love stuff like that. Or the, you know the Ellen DeGeneres sketch where, like, it's like, go outside. They're all Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, my God! From... I, I love the, um, I'll, I'll bloody see you next year. <laughs> I'll bloody see you next year. Oh, one of my other favorite ones by them is the Haven't You, the Haven't you Done Well series. Mm. Ooh, oh, fancy yeah. man with his fancy fancy. Yes. Yes. Haven't you done well? Um, there's that, and then there's the dad comes home late from work, and like they're playing like kids. It's like it's really really intense. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, why don't I get a kiss, dad? Like, <laughs> all right. It's it's. I can't even explain how awkward it is. I love it so much. Oh, that's uh, so funny. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. I think one of my favorite ones from the Netflix was the Morning Brown as well. That I I fucking love the Morning Brown one. That's literally my favorite. That oh, just literally. gets me every time. It, it, it took such it took such a turn, and I love it. That's what I love about Auntie Donna. <laughs> there's that one, and then there's the like the the bro barbershop place, like the the mm. haircut place. Like you want an IPA? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> oh dear. Who the fuck love- is if I'm working or not, man? You're here to get a haircut, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Also, the uh, rat, the trips to the school nurse for lots of... Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Landlord! <laughs> That's one of my yeah. favourites, for sure. There was one thing I wanted to uh, ask you guys uh, as a segment. Have you guys talked about your first ever D&D experiences? Do you have any interesting stories Related to uh, your, because I have a really interesting one. Um, uh, yeah, because we had wild. And like, oh, what got us into it? But I don't think we ever like been like, what was our first experience uh, yeah. playing? No. My first experience is probably my most interesting as well because I really it was something else. I mean, if if you want to if you want to start this 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 off, you can feel free to go. I'd love to. I, I would, I would, wow. Wow, Monkle, I'm so glad you asked. I would love <laughs> yeah. to tell you. Um, okay. So, this is about six years ago, seven years ago. I think it was 3.5e. I'm not sure if uh, 5e was released yet. It may have been its very early development. I get an invite to a, a couple of friends from mine from school, and we're going to play... Uh, at the end of a New Year's Eve party, we're going to be starting a D&D campaign. I'm like, cool, I've never played D&D. I've always wanted to check it out. I think this will be very exciting. Oh, man, was I correct? Um, <laughs> he, he had some homebrew rules that let us mess around with our character stats. Um, so this is what I ended up going for. Um, the party consisted of like one rogue, one druid, a fighter... Um, I was a barbarian, of course. I feel like a lot of first classes are, or first times are barbarians. And then I believe, yeah, exactly. And then the last one, I believe, was a ranger. Um, we're kind of making our characters, right? The DM totally lets me go into negative intelligence. And I'm not talking like, oh, I have a minus two to my intelligence. I'm talking like my stat for intelligence is negative two. Um, oh my he, kinda, he let me switch my numbers around. I ended up with like 24 strength and like 22 dexterity. Um, and like my charisma and like intelligence was all super, super low. 
Um, it got to the point where like my intelligence was so low that my character couldn't even speak, like common. Uh, he could only say his name like a Pokemon, and his name was Butter, just Butter. Um, Butter. Butter. So I, I made this eight foot tall full orc barbarian named Butter, who had negative two intelligence. And this Wait, is you where were, the you fun. Had, you had full orc, not even half orc. You were full orc. I was full orc, not even half orc. Um, and like, okay, so we we all start out. We kind of know each other already. We're all chilling in this cabin in the woods. Um, super cool. I don't even know what I was thinking. The first thing that I, this is where things get kind of crazy and kick off. Um, and the way that the DM ex- explained things was was hysterical. The first thing I do is I go to hug, like bear hug one of the other players, and uh, he like ran away or whatever. He slipped out of my grasp with like a successful uh, dexterity save, um, and he like he runs out the door of the cabin and like locks it behind him apparently, and I, apparently he has a cabin that locks from the outside. I didn't question it or whatever. My character didn't understand the concept of unlocking things from the inside. Um, so I want to like I'm gonna chase after him right and like I want to lockpick the door and he like he had me roll like a check or whatever right I didn't I have the tools with me so I, I got like a nat twenty on my check and instead of lockpicking the door what my character does is he rips it off of its hinges in one move and like throws it across the fucking cabin and the door <laughs> like shatters into like splinters. And I'm, I'm like sprinting through the woods after him. I'm like, come back here. Um, and he, he, yeah, murder. That's what I was really <laughs> saying. Um, he slips into, he, he slips in between the trees and he's like weaving between the trees to like lose me. Cause now his character is like legitimately concerned for his life from me. Um, the, the DM wants to kind of like put a stop to this or whatever. So he's like, oh, you know, make deck saves for me or whatever to like avoid hitting a tree. Um, I got another natural 20. Um, there's so many natural 20s in this, you guys aren't going to believe it. Instead of, like, dodging the tree, because I was running so fast, <laughs> I I literally run through a fucking tree. I'm like, and like, and, like, the tree, like, it gets, it gets exploded outwards, and, like, my character sprints through a fucking tree, and I'm chasing him down, and now the character's really scared. Um... I catch up to him, and I, I like I, I finally get him, and I hug him really tight, and like I hug him, and he the DM had me roll damage, then I hugged him so hard that he like got knocked unconscious. Oh dear! Um, at that oh, point, no. like I knocked him unconscious, and uh, I I laid him down there in the woods uh, to die, I guess. Because like I achieved what I wanted, and I didn't. I thought he was gonna be okay, so I left him in the woods. I get attacked by a creature a little bit later, because um, I'm going back to the party now, and I left my friend there dying in the woods. Um, I get attacked by a creature. I one v one this creature, um, and I got like platinum pieces and diamonds from it or something. Easy, um, easy. Yeah. The, this is all. This is all within the the first session. By the way, I, I was like a, a, a train wreck. Um, I get back to the party and we're all like, "Okay, let's go do a dungeon, or let's go to this city, or whatever." Right? Um, my character was playing, a, or not my character. My friend was playing a female fighter, and like, I'm stupid. I'm like fourteen or whatever. 
I'm like, uh, huh, woman? Okay. It is like stupid, <laughs> stupid, like primitive thinking. Um, we get to the city. We go back for our friend that was dying in the woods. Um, we get him back because the party was concerned about him. We head into the city. We want to look at buying gear. I'm like, hey, my friend, my friend, uh, I'm like, can I hire your character as a prostitute, I guess? And it's so stupid. Oh, so oh, it's, it, it was, it gets so much worse. We, I, cause I, I, I have a lot of money now. Um, of course my character can't talk or anything. So, uh, <laughs> I was able to eventually convey that I wanted to hire him as a, his character as a prostitute. Um, cool we don't have we don't get a room or anything we don't need a room an alley is fine so we go behind an alley shortly after uh the the town or the city guard capture us right they catch us right in the act they throw both of us in prison and i'm sure like the dm probably hated me so much at this point and i feel so terrible looking back on it um so there we are we're both in prison um, I decide that I want to break out. And knowing me, it's going to go well. And guess what? Not a natural 20, but it's a 19. And I am able to break out of prison enough. What I do is I bend the bars and I rip them off of the wall. And I Your climb out. so strong. It's, yeah, he had 24 strength. I don't know what the DM was thinking. Uh, he, he rips the bars off and he climbs out the window. Um... And he, he escapes, and I come back later to help my friend that I hired as a prostitute to help him escape uh, from prison as well. And instead, like, instead of ripping the bars, I, 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 I apparently like smash through the wall and am able to grab him out of there. Um, at this point, the party was probably getting super sick of my shit. Because they wanted to play a very normal uh, session of D&D, I'm sure. So we come across to this, like dip in the ground there's this like iron door um kind of built into this hillside that is like in this like little trench thing i go down there the party is like hesitant to follow but they come with um i'm faced with another lock picking challenge but my character doesn't lock pick you know what he does he he literally rips the iron door off of its hinges and like throws it aside and he does it as he do and he delves into the dungeon. Uh, the party didn't follow for a little bit until meta-wise they heard that I started getting treasure. There was like skeletons inside, and I'm like picking these skeletons off one after the other, like in one hit because I do so much damage. I'm killing these things. I'm grabbing all this treasure, and then like my party members like they kind of follow in like reluctantly. Um, I'm running through the dungeon way ahead of them by like 120 feet. I'm like in there. Um, and I'm like, I'm grabbing everything and, uh, they're getting like super sick of my shit. This is where the showdown happens. All five of my companions all decide to team up against me to, to, to kill me. And like, you know, they're like, yeah, we've had enough of this. I was the boss apparently. Um, and let me tell you, it was not an easy battle for them. Um, (laughs) Five of them were teaming up against me, and one after the other, I was getting really like, great rolls that whole night. We were using physical dice and everything, rolling in plain view of the GM. Um, 
and like one after the other i'm like you know swinging on them and i'm like knocking them unconscious they're making death saves i almost i almost killed all of them because i was raging you know i was like a powerhouse um there was one person who eventually brought me down and that was the druid he had this like spirit wolf that was with him um and it really fucked up my character so bad. And like, so there I am, just like an eight foot tall full orc with negative two intelligence. <laughs> like, that for some reason people were following around, and I'm killing them one after the other, like butter, 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 <laughs> and like butter, butter. And uh, they're like <laughs> fighting for their lives. Uh, they finally ended up downing me, and that's when I love the how your cat ended. just sits there through all of that as well. When you're like throwing your arms around, your cat's still just quite content, swinging <laughs> around. <laughs> <in your life. laughs> what, uh, what about you guys? What was uh, what was your first game like, Josh or Lewis? If you guys have, I a... can't honestly remember what my first game turned out like, so it can't have been too interesting. Really? I don't think anything can beat the level of interesting as my most recent session has been. <laughs> Oh, Rins game. Rins game, yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was such a fun game. I think maybe the most interesting thing that happened to me in my first session was probably I knocked out a bard because it was part of my character's backstory is a strong disposition against bards. <laughs> um, not realising that one of the friends that I'd literally just made and joined this party, because I'd only just come into their campaign and they'd already been a little way in, um... Yeah, he didn't like the fact that I just plain up knocked out some bards, so my own teammate turned around and used the back of his pike, bearing in mind, and full-on knocked me out. And then when I was on the ground, gave me a little stabbing. Gave you a oh, little yeah. stabbing. He, he waited until you were on the ground reminder, and be like, oh, Yeah, just a little one. Just to remind me. But they didn't understand about my disposition to bards yet, and they still don't fully. So next time we come across a bard, if we ever actually get to go back into that, that campaign... Because um, that is still going on. Um, they're still finding out things about my character because, like, oh. that thing. That's how you make like, a good character. Yeah, yeah, he's very secretive. They still haven't learned a lot from him. <laughs> I think, like, I think getting the character to like reveal their own like exposition, like over a, a very long time, is it, it makes for good character writing. Uh, in Orion's campaign, my char- my main character, Magpie. There's still shit that they're discovering about him, like, 20-plus sessions in. Like, I haven't given a whole spiel about, like, a story and everything. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Uh, I'm trying to think back to my first session, or just, like... Uh, I guess I can also, do... Did, we, did everybody start with 5e? <laughs> no, I think mine was 3.5 or 4e. I started with 5e. I didn't even start directly on... Dungeons and Dragons. I was in um, Forbidden Lands. Uh, I I was uh, I started seriously getting into Five E probably. I'm trying to think four, what was my three, three or four years started. ago. I I've, I've been didn't... playing. Yeah, I've been playing for about four years. I've been DMing for about three. I think the first time I played actual D and D that wasn't like some other off sprout. It was Five E. Anyway, you were you were doing your story there, Josh. Um, I would do my first session because I don't remember it that well and uh, for those that don't know up until very recently I had never played with a world map or a battle map oh theater of the mind 
Yes. Yes. Can be for, fun, uh, for, but like, also the first very two annoying. Years, yeah, for the first two years of me playing, it was all theater of the mind. And switching to battle maps is so, like, such a, like, relief. It's revolutionary when you're doing theater of the mind. You don't need to keep a mental picture of where all the enemies are in combat or what's actually happening because you've got it all visually there for you. Exactly. I, I always used to do theater of the mind because I thought battle maps were limiting on creativity potential, but like, man, I was fucking wrong, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it was just hard to manage. I would always like make up bullshit. I'm like, oh yeah, you're five feet away, whatever, you know? It's like, hey, is that a tree? Can I climb it? <laughs> like, um, th there's a lot of scenarios in sessions I've been in where I've sat there like, should I do this kind of action? Like in Rin's game, for example, when we was talking to the other teams, I was thinking, I really want to punch this guy before the race starts. But then obviously, there's like, okay, I can get disqualified <laughs> for that. What if I do a slight hand check and try to pickpocket something off of one of them? Ooh. But I never did that because I was sat there like, you know what? We're just going to be good for now. When we get to the actual race, then I'm going to play all my tricks. So I, I, I think the fact I've now got to use world maps and battle maps has allowed me to be more focused on wanting to do tricks and using my actual intellect to actually try to outsmart the DM in combat rather than using it to just focus on what's going on on the battlefield. So I'm actually being able to be more creative with how I'm playing now, which I'm actually happy about. Exactly. Yeah. Battle maps are, are great. Like, I have a... Nah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, no, you you were in the middle of something. You I insist. No, you are our guest. You talk. Heads As a guest, Heads I am allowing you to speak right now. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to cut in and right here because these two are a bicker. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was just no, going to say, say, I, 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 oh, yeah, I'm not talking. Eggy, you go. While well, the five-year-old sort this out. I, I will go. Stuff. Thank you, <laughs> Master Munkle. Um, I have a rogue who is a mastermind. Um, it's Magpie from Orion's campaign. He very purposely like goads people into attacking him uh, sometimes. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. <laughs> No, it's because, like, my first experience is a bad that, like, my very first game of D&D &D was me DMing that game. Like, I had never played. I went oh, straight into DMing. That's interesting. Oh, I've that could, heard that quite a few stories terrible. of that. Because I think Arcane Anthems as well, he started DMing instead of playing. And a couple other people I've well, seen see, the thing started is, like, like that. Some like, people's stories really go like that, don't they? I mean, my, my... older brother... <laughs> Like the way he got into it was his one of his best friends. That's how he started D and D. Was he started by DMing? So he he went out and bought all the source books. He literally bought them all at one go as well, not like one at a time. He literally just went out and grabbed all the books he could get at one lump, walk by, and then just sat sat there for like a month and just went through all of them repeatedly, and then went right. Let's start a campaign. Yeah, because not only was it my first experience with playing D&D, &D, it was also my player's first time. So it was, like, all of us, it was like, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're just going to go with it and go with the flow. And it actually went pretty well. That campaign went on for, like, a while. And then uh, we ended up having to 
basically ended abruptly and then i've started like two other campaigns and now i then i was brought in as a player and then now i'm in this where i'm like there's so many opportunities for me to like either dm or be a player it's like i've learned a lot just from like it's it's like you know like learning as you're going along like i knew very little but then through dming i learned a lot and it also helped me become a better oh. player i think yeah oh definitely i had in my my first campaign i ever ran i had a uh, a friend of mine kind not really a friend friend but he was a friend of a friend that i thought was really cool and we got along well um he absolutely made a character to make my DMing life complete hell. Um, <laughs> and I am super appreciative of it later because now I, I know about all certain, like, all types of shit. I, I have stories from that campaign, like, cra like crazy sh stories that are just stupid. Like, I think a lot of, of first-time DMs, you know... Like, I remember, like, I did my character sheets by, like, scrolling through a PDF of the player's handbook is how I made my first character sheets for my players. It's like, I just had the PDF, and I, every time I wanted to look for a rule, instead of looking it up individually, I would have to go and scroll through this PDF I had on my phone that was super slow, and, like, oh, it was, it was rough. It was very I rough. used to write everything down. Better. Yeah, I used to write everything down in a notebook, freeform style. So it was hell. <laughs> yeah. One story. All my notes are free, like freehand. Like every time I play any session, I've always I've got stacks of papers and some form of notebook or just like an old like order pad from work. I'm glad. Sitting somewhere. In most of the sessions I'm in, I notice that another player is taking the notes, so I don't have to because I have very bad handwriting. So if I look back at them, I'm like, what does that say again? Yeah. I make lots of spelling mistakes. I won't end up looking like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's still very visible compared to my writing. Like, if I have any still in here. So from oh, that was rewritten. I'm just saying that now. I rewrote that so that from it was the one, <laughs> the one shot. You make a lot of mistakes. Me done. Remember? And my party did. Those were my two notes I had written down, and then I look back and like I can't read that. Do you, can you can you make out what they say? I know what they're about because I remember writing them down. That was when we was in the uh, Great Hall with the king of like the Dragonborn people. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But uh, unless anybody has anything else that they want to talk about or any kind of fun things that they saw, I think we can. Uh, we can. End oh, we have to roll. We, can, between we have to roll for out. outro. Yeah, I got my D twenty ready. <laughs> yeah, it's always gone up to the two hour oh, mark. Are we? Wait, what are we doing? We're rolling for outro. I mean, I mean, you, you, I mean, you can roll, which means you, you have to do what? the outro. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you, so the uh, highest number wins. If you want that's to how do the outro, it. you can roll for it. Okay. Oh, um, are you doing it? Okay, let's go. I guess. Oh, so. you're shitting me. What? A... what? I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I rested out on a nat one. I, I rested out on a one. Uh, I rolled a two. I got a seventeen again. Oh, an eighteen. Oh, those are nice dice. Oh, those are really nice dice. Gold and white. Dan, I've got okay. 18. Roll your D20. What am I rolling? D20. I just did D20. Whoever rolls the lowest is doing the outro, is that what we're doing? Highest gets no, the no, outro. No, the highest. Whoever's <laughs> uh, rolling the highest is the outro. And so you got to get 19 or 20. You have to oh, beat an 18. Fuck. Like a raw 18. What'd you get? I got a 19. <laughs> Eggy beats us. What? <laughs> Alright. We got a 2, a 17, right, you, you an 18, and a 19. 
Just to thank yourself for being on our show. Go um, ahead, you do the outro. Also, we need to remember to leave it a full minute before we end the podcast, otherwise it will all cut out. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. where do I so, even Eggie, start? Um, thank you, me, for gracing these people with my presence on their podcast. Um, <laughs> I was a... I was a great special guest. I may have even been the best special guest that they've had on the show, period. Best special guest on the show, period, in the history of ever. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, anyways, thank you for having me on the podcast, actually, uh, in, in you got, realistically. You're very welcome. Uh, I, I had a ton of fun. Rain was also amazing. Yeah, yeah. Rain was Rain was great to talk to. I, I hope uh, he's not mad at me or anything. I don't know if he seemed upset at all about the whole Yamaka deal. Um, <laughs> I, I, I made sure to preface it with not aligning with my my political or religious yes. views. Yeah. Um, I simply wanted to have the item for its obscurity. Anyways, outro. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to you guys and just like bullshitting and messing around. Um, I would love to come back in the future as well to talk about more stuff to mess around yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to have you back on. Yeah. Um, I think everybody. Yeah, I think everybody was great. Uh, just having a good time. I don't really know what else to say. The um, name of the podcast. Do you want? Do you want? You can hand it over to Grunkle if you want. The name of the podcast. <laughs> I very much enjoyed being on the podcast, known as. Low intelligence, high charisma. Oh, truly. Other way around. Other way around. <laughs> no? No, no. High charisma, high, high low intelligence. Low intelligence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the high charisma, low intelligence podcast. Starring the cleric of podcasts, Monkle Dan. The paladin of social media, Grunkle. That's the zealot of gold, Mr. Anengist, or also known as Joshua. <laughs> With our special guests, my cat's asses in my face. Um, <laughs> special guests such as the paladin of roleplay, Rin, and the cleric of Dungeon Masters, myself. Thank you, everyone, and for tuning cat's in. Name? My cat's name is Walter, and it's a girl. Yes, I know it's weird. And I'd like to thank everyone else for tuning in to watch this very special podcast. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful morning. Uh, afternoon or evening, your next 24 hours. Thank you very much, Aggie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have to wait till a minute 55 and oh, 10 seconds or something, and we can end the stream. <laughs> well, I mean, unless there's anything you want to add, Aggie, within the, the next minute to kind of close out the stream. Friends is underrated. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eggy. It was great yeah, to have absolutely. you. Yeah, it's been great, great to have to you, on. man. Yeah. It's been great. It's, it's I've been had a blast today.